everybody, Coach John Daly here back again. Today is October 2nd, 2018. It's a Tuesday. I'm with Dr. Jeff Lipp in the house. Uh, and actually, October 2nd, this just dawned on me. It, uh, it would have been my grandma's boy, 108th birthday or something like that. Congratulations. That would have been amazing. Wow. Yeah, she passed away a while ago. Um, yeah, it just, it just hit me because I always just remember sending a card and giving her a phone call or something like that. October 2nd. Wow. Hey. So kudos to my grandma upstairs, hopefully uh, sitting back listening and watching uh, on this. Dr. Lip, you look so sharp today. You got the nice uh, shirt and tie on. He had the, the warm-up jacket on. It looked like a little Virginia Cavalier colors. <laughs> You're looking sharp today, my friend. How are you? I'm just trying to keep pace with you, my friend. Oh, I'm doing great, honestly. <laughs> I feel honored to be here. I really do. This is my highlight of my day. Well, actually, this is the second part of my day that was really good. But this right here... This is really what I need in my mid-afternoon. Uh, fire it up. I was just telling Jeff before we got on, I was looking so forward, you know, midday, you know, had lunch and started looking at the clock, you know, it's a, you know, get to see Jeff after school. Haven't, uh, it's been what, two weeks, three weeks at It's least? been a while. Yeah. I, I really want to put a quick plug in for you and your show. I listened to yesterday's podcast. John, it was one of the best podcasts I've heard in a while. Wow. It was really Thank good. You. And it was so genuine where you were coming from and so open-ended in regards to really expressing truly how you felt. Obviously, the love that you gave for my show with the one that I did with Scott and I, my podcast, it was awesome. But I mean, I was like so engrossed. And then all of a sudden, you just said, you know, kudos to Jeff Lip, you know, my brother from another mother. Literally, I was like feeling it. I was like, I felt like I was right by your side. It was awesome, buddy. It was really a good podcast. I, I think I listened to it twice today, my friend. Oh my it was so good. It was just... One of those good ones, and I blogged about it too. It was just that moving for me, honestly. It was really good. Thank you. That means a lot to me. It, it, it you know, had a couple things happen, a couple thoughts cop, popped in my head with that cup of coffee that morning, and uh, listened to you guys on the way in, and just like, <laughs> bam, I got it. There's something I got to say here, and so worked out really well. So thank you. Thank for, you for the kind words. I uh, wanted to run this article by uh, you, Jeff, and get a little discussion going real quick here today. Uh, and this is an article that I ran by uh, my students. And we did our second, we do blog entries every week, and this was our week number two. And again, the feedback from my students on these blog titles and ideas I throw out at them are just fantastic. And I, and I thank my students for that because getting to read all of them, which I do, um, really pumps me up, really helps keep me focused. There's so many times that the messages that they share through their thoughts and ideas are messages that I have to hear, that I need to hear at the time I'm reading them. You know, which has been really cool. So this article is by Rachel Retner. Uh, People across the globe feeling more sad, stressed, and in pain than ever. And I think we see it. And I'm just interested in, you know, a little bit of uh, your view of of some of these points in this article, along with uh, the counseling background that you have uh, to probably hopefully give us all some tips of getting through some things. Working in the profession that I work in, obviously I see a lot of people in pain in general, and that's typically when they actually go to counseling because Mm. they can no longer manage the emotional pain. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, it's always going to be a specifically high number working with people because they come to counselors for trying to process all of that particular pain. Amen. That's true. Boy, you do see that a lot, don't you? Tremendous amount every day. There's not been one day where someone hasn't come down to me, maybe shed some tears, maybe express how they feel, but they are genuinely wanting to relieve some of the pain. It's really interesting. And I remember 
being one of those people when you were at Lakeshore with me, <laughs> walking in your office plenty of time, shutting that door and shedding some tears and getting stuff off my chest. So yeah, you get it all the time. It's it's part. It's a gift and a blessing. You know yes. what I'm saying? Because yes. I look at that as an opportunity to grow with you or whoever I'm sharing that moment with. But yeah, it's a tremendous amount of work because I, what I try to do specifically is put myself in your shoes and try to figure mm-hmm. out what's going on. So That's it's awesome. hard. Empathy is very hard. That's awesome. All right, so I'm just going to read the article real quick. It's kind of sure. a short one, and then we'll uh, got a couple points to throw at you, and you can bring up some stuff if you think of some things too. The world isn't feeling so hot, emotionally, that is. A new survey of people's daily emotions found that worldwide, reports of negative emotions, including sadness, worry, and stress, have increased over the last decade, reaching a record high in 2017. What's more, reports of positive emotions dipped slightly in 2017, Compared with the previous year, according to the survey from Gallup, the analytics and advice company. The survey also revealed that based on reports of positive emotions, the happiest country in 2017 was Paraguay, marking the third year in a row that the South American country has claimed the top spot. The least happy country was Afghanistan. For the survey, researchers interviewed more than 154,000 people in 147 countries throughout 2017. Participants were asked whether they had a certain positive or negative emotion or experiences the day before. For example, for positive experiences, they were asked whether they felt well-rested, were treated with respect, smiled or laughed a lot, or enjoyed themselves the day before. For negative experiences, they were asked whether they felt worry, sadness, stress, anger, or physical pain on the previous day. Gallup then used these responses to create an index score, quote-unquote, of positive and negative experiences for each country and for the world overall. The score has a cap of 100. The 2017 survey found that overall people all over the world had a negative experience score of 30, which is the highest negative experience score measured by Gallup since the company began conducting the survey in 2006. For comparison, in 2016, the global negative experience was 28, and in 2006, it was 24. Collectively, the world is more stressed, worried, sad, and in pain today than we've ever seen it, Mohamed Yanis, Gallup's managing editor, said in the report. The increase was driven by an uptick in reports of worry, stress, sadness, and physical pain. At a country level, most countries with high negative experiences scores were grappling with war or other turmoil in 2017. The country with the highest negative experience score, the Central African Republic, experienced renewed fighting between armed groups that forced thousands of people from their homes in 2017. Their score of 61 is the highest such score Gallup has recorded in the last decade. Other countries with high negative experience scores include Iraq with a score of 59, South Sudan with a score of 55, and Chad with a score of 54. The United States has a negative experience score of 32, which is slightly higher than the global average. Among high-income countries that are members of the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, that's a mouthful, the U.S. had the fourth highest negative experience score tied with two other countries, Chile and Turkey. About 49% of Americans said they had been feeling stressed a lot, the previous day, which is higher than the global average of 37%. Now, for some positive emotions, the global score for positive experiences in 2017 was 69 out of 100, which is down slightly from a score of 70 
in 2016 and 71 in 2015. However, 2017's positive experience score is not out of line for scores in that past decade, Gallup said. At a country level, Paraguay ranked first with a score of 85, followed by Colombia, El Salvador, and Guatemala, which all tied with a score of 82. Gallup noted that Latin American countries tend to dominate the list of happiest countries, which may be partly due to the cultural tendency in the region to focus on life's positive. The U.S. had a positive experience score of 78, which is above the global average. That score places the U.S. fourth among uh, those members in that group, tied with Finland. Uh, About 82% of Americans said they had smiled or laughed a lot the day before, and 92% said they were treated with respect. Last little paragraph here. Regardless of where a country may fall on the positive or negative experiences indexes, all leaders need to be monitoring the emotional temperature of the people they lead, Jonas said. Leaders cannot effectively lead their societies, seek better opportunities for their citizens, and ensure that future generations will live better lives than previous ones without closely tracking how citizens evaluate their lives and understanding the local realities they face. Kind of a powerful article. Completely. There was so much in there that if I'm listening to this particular podcast, I would tell people to rewind and make sure that you kind of like recap. So you did a very good job synopsizing the whole thing and reading it. There's just so much to go off of. I don't even know where to begin. First of all, uh, one of the first things um, I looked at, the good, this is a good survey, 154,000 people in 147 countries in a year. That, that's some quality data, isn't it? Completely. When you have that money, people, and the amount of resources to go out and track that information, I think it's powerful. What's really good about reading an article like that, especially on your particular show and your podcast, is the fact that you are downloaded across the world, John. You know, your, your podcast has touched so many people in so many different countries. This is relevant to the general discussion. But, I mean, no, that's 100% accurate. I mean, the data alone with that sheer number of people, I think it's truly reflective. The other good thing is that the data is actually quite recent. So it's makes a lot of sense, absolutely. Yeah. The positive experiences that they mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, where they felt, and this is for the day before, where they felt well-rested were treated with respect, smiled or laughed a lot, and enjoyed themselves the day before. When I was reading that, in my mind, my little voice was like, no, dude, I'm, I'm tired as hell. This is, I'm not well-rested. That's, that's definitely a knock for me against that one. Treated with respect? Yeah, definitely here most of the time. Smiled, laughed a lot? Absolutely. I, I, I look, Looking back, I, I definitely, not only do I try to do that every day, but I do do it. And a lot of times it's without effort. You know, I do laugh a lot and, and try and smile. And, uh, and, and, did I have an enjoyable day? For the most part, typically almost every day. Yeah, there's a lot of enjoyable moments. So is that uh, the, the positive experience factors, those factors, those are pretty general, right? But they're also pretty powerful too, aren't they? Completely. The positivity is what keeps people going, honestly. Mm. So a couple of things I wanted to mention before we continue going on to some of these other particular points is the fact that being positive is a choice, So if you choose to be positive, you're going to make strides to go ahead and act in a positive manner. The problem is is that there's a lot of things that can keep you from feeling positive. Obviously your work, things at home, like discomfort with relationships, things of that nature. The list can go on and on. Like it would just be endless, honestly. The fact is that all that can change when you look at 
try to look at the optimistic or the positive set or whatever's going on. Now, when you're going through it, whatever it may be, it's very difficult to see. So in all those countries that were identified, a lot of the countries that were feeling this high level of sadness is people going through war. Well, you know what? It's tough to make a choice to be happy when you constantly see war going around you. Mm. In an Oprah Super Soul podcast, she interviewed someone that was in Iraq at the time of the war, right now currently. And what she indicated was the fact that life still has to happen even though the war is taking place in my country. So I have to choose to feel positive. I have to choose to see what's good inside and what's good with people. But it's tough. I'll be quite honest with you. I couldn't imagine putting myself in their shoes right now, experiencing something like that, and try to stay, maintain a positive outlook. Because it's very difficult when you see it presently in front of you. Mm. So, I mean, it's tough. I think that brings home the, the, the idea of gratitude again from the right. standpoint. Could you imagine, you know, being born... In one of those countries? No. I mean, my church, my church pastor says this all the time, Pastor Rob. Big shout out to him. What he indicates to us is that when he prays and he, you know, we start a church sermon, he's like, you know, God bless us in regards to being able to practice what we believe in religion in a country that is free. Mm. I mean, if we're in a country that's persecuted for believing in our higher power, it's a very difficult process. And so, you know, mm. we give thanks right away. Absolutely. And that's a common practice that I've been trying to do. And, and in doing that, I mean, I really have felt over the last few days, specifically, just this increase of energy in regards to hope. Mm. But, I mean, it's, it's a tough practice to do. I'm not, I'm not saying it's easy. And, but it's like, especially in my field, the mental health field, you, I don't really like to incorporate techniques into somebody recovering from whatever they need to do if I don't try some of these things myself. Mm. So if I am working with someone dealing with alcohol addiction, for example, I'm not going to tell them to do something like that if I've never been through an addiction before, which I've never tried out myself. Because an addiction is very tough habit to, to kick in general. But I mean, the fact is, is that it all starts with the mindset. It's very simplistic if you want to break it down like that. But yeah, that's a struggle. It's it's tough to stay positive when you see things or you're in it right now. Yeah. And I don't know how to resolve that. It's tough. No, it is. And it's, uh, it changes all the time, too, Completely. doesn't it? Yeah. You brought up a great point, and we always say this all the time about um, you know empathy, walking in somebody else's shoes. Sure. And I heard an additional point to that. Uh, it was in Brian Buffini's podcast recently where he said, not only do you have to walk in someone else's shoes, but you got to get out of your own shoes first to do it. Mm, that's amazing. You know? And well, it just, look at you, buddy. Yeah. It, rung, it just stuck with me to the point of, oh, my God. Because we can say we say that all the time. Walk, right. walk them out in someone else's shoes. But the, it stops there. But in order to do it correctly, you got to get out of your own shoes first. That's tough. It because is. Because for a lot of people to get out of their own shoes, you have to take accountability on what you see is wrong in your life necessarily. And for a lot of people, it's very difficult to take accountability because they're not ready for it. So this past week, I mean, I don't mean to keep referencing my church sermons or anything like that. But, you know, what we talked about in our church sermon was the fact that when you are praying for something and God grants you that thing, you have to be ready to accept that prayer and be ready to move with action. So if you're not ready, don't start praying for it. So that's the thing that you have to understand. Like you have to, when you pray and he grants you it, you have to be ready to move with action. And you have to see a clear cut sign 
that everything is ready to move forward. So it's tough. You, you got to make sure that you are praying and you're ready for it and you set your mindset and your heart to be ready to receive God's message. Because sometimes when God says go, you have to go, but you may not necessarily be ready. And then in addition to that, you might not be wanting to do the same thing that he wants you to do. Mm. You know, Because prayer is, prayer is so powerful. But I mean, think about it. If you were given every single prayer, like you were granted everything that you wanted, this world will be a completely different place. And I'll be honest with you, what type of adversity have you learned if you're granted everything that he has given you? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a mindset. It's understanding that sometimes you may not get what you want, but learning how to deal with all these things and building yourself and your character to expand on who you were the day before. Mm. Just coming here, uh, listen to Mike Valenti a little bit on 97. Sure. And he was talking about, he goes, I don't care if you're talking about a sports team like we are, or your family, or your business, if you're not getting better, you're yep. going backwards. There's no neutral. There's no status quo. And, he, and he's 100%. like, why wouldn't you always want to look to get better? It's tough. It because is. people are comfortable staying where they're at in regards to who they are right now. And for a lot of people, they don't see the necessary need to go ahead and change, and that's okay. But if you don't change, then you're stagnant as a person and you were the same person that you were the day before. Isn't your objective to be the best that you could possibly every single day? And it's tough, though. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to say it's easy, but that should be the objective. It's similar to, like, football in that essence if we're talking about that. Because obviously right now it's football season. Every play is designed to be a touchdown. Is every play a touchdown? Absolutely not, right? <laughs> but you still have to do the – you have to still go through the motions – to try to get to that particular end goal, and it's putting in the work right now. It's like some of the basketball, right? Yeah. Every play you design, the ball is supposed to go through the hoop. That is the that is the particular play. Or when the ball goes through the hoop, every play is designed so the defender doesn't score a bucket on that end, right? Yep. That doesn't always work. <laughs> so, but you got to put in the work every day because the goal is to get better. Because you don't want to go backwards. Absolutely, that's a great point. On the negative experiences that they talked about, you know, the worry, sadness, stress, anger, physical pain. And we've talked a little bit about, obviously, war-torn nations and uh, society in general, um, I think, is seeing this. Most of the responses that I got back from my students as far as their blog postings, almost, I don't know, three-quarters started with, this article doesn't surprise me, or something along those words. Like, they see it. And these are high school kids, right? They see it. And they went through a lot of answers. A lot of the answers that from these kids, from these high school kids, circled around technology. You know, from the standpoint of, um, you know, there's too much of it. It's uh, I've even had kids talking about their Chromebooks to where they're sick of them. Okay, you wow. know, they, they, they're doing too much with them. Sure, that they want to. You know, I, I give the option of my students to be able to write on paper. You know, God darn, the day that I tell them no, you can't write as a teacher. Right, I hear Joe DePonio listen to this podcast. <laughs> I don't think he listens to him anyways. I keep asking him to, but hopefully he does. But there's a lot of kids that not only are great writers, sure. kind of pen to paper, right? Uh, but they do it well, they write well, and they they can express themselves a lot better. And there's study after study after study out there, Jeff, and you know this. Completely. When you're data entering on a computer is different compared to writing it down on paper. Right. The mind reacts differently, your body reacts differently. So a lot of the stuff with technology, I think, affects people's moods, adults too, so that, there's all these little pieces, you know, the people that we have in our lives, right? Are they investing in us or do we walk away feeling more horrible about ourselves when, when they leave? And how about our jobs? 
You know, our jobs are definitely one of those things. What we uh, put into our heads, what are we listening to? What are we reading? You know, those those things there, those little puzzle pieces, I think, are huge. And you were about ready to say something on each and every one of them. I, I don't know where to begin because, honestly, you brought up so many good points as to why people do feel negative, okay? So if I'm sitting in a high schooler's position in regards to technology, and especially in your district right now, where everyone gets a Chromebook and everyone has a platform where they have to learn from the Chromebook, okay? That's like, like overstimulation, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's so much. It's so intense. I get it. And the initiative and the mindset is correct. Because you want to utilize the technology that their taxpayers in that community have invested in. So I understand that. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But, you know, I agree with you. Paper and pencil, writing things down, like that's an art form that hopefully is never going to be forgotten. Because you still need to do those types of things, right? So it's very important that you go ahead and continue to do that. Now, everything else that you brought up, relationships, like mm. jobs, I mean – let me tell you something. I mean, <laughs> people are messy. Jobs are messy. It's nope. not always going to be the best. You're not always going to be, you know, living on a rainbow per se, right? Okay. Yep. But let me get uh, this perspective up. So one of the things I did was, and I mentioned this earlier in this show, was the fact that you basically podcasted uh, and reflected on the podcast that Scott and I did. Okay. I took that information and I literally wrote a blog post today on what you indicated. And what I titled it was John Daly, My True Friend, honestly. Like, the thing is, with, like, all this chaos in this world, you need constant support in order to overcome any chaos that you think you need to overcome. So what I'm getting at is the fact that you are a staple in my life in regards to just being consistent enough for me to just check myself to understand that, hey – I've come a long way because of your support, and I'll never forget that, honestly. But you need that you know, in order to stay positive because you can't stay positive all the time by yourself. It's hard. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's easy, but I mean people go through negative stuff. I mean that's what happens. So how you choose to remediate that, you just got to pick one action step and just go ahead and proceed forward. I love that. And we've talked about enough on this podcast and on your podcast. Life's all about relationships. Completely. And you're right. We do need that support. Um, I feel are, like a broken record on this one. No, you, you know, know what? No, it's such a, a central uh, theme, and it's also one of those foundation blocks that you got to have. You know, all the other stuff. There's some other great stuff out there, too, obviously, but relationships and the work that it takes for them is something that just is, it never ends. It's a constant moving process. It constantly changes. The variables change. But with certain people, you being one of my rocks, right, being one of my you know, main people, you know, uh, Mark Hackle says it all the time, you know, in the world, you probably have a, a handful of just true friends that, right. you know what, they'd be there for you no matter what. Completely. Uh, regardless of whatever happened. And and you are one for me and you, you are a guidepost for me too. You know, the stuff that you do, um, you call me out, we talk, you encourage, you know, you, you push me. Uh, and I need that because, you know, like you said, we all, we all got to have those people in our lives and we got to be that person for someone else, too. That's always the other side of the coin that uh, we always got to remember. Uh, the last point in here, that long quote, regardless of where a country may fall in positive negative experience, all leaders need to be monitoring their emotional temperature of the people they lead. That was from uh, the gentleman, Jonas, uh, Muhammad Jonas. It's not just countries, right? It's a classroom. It's a family. It's a business. It's a sports team. The leader has to have 
somewhat of the pulse of not only the group as a whole, but also all the pieces that, that make it up. That, you know, you kind of need to know when people are going through stuff, tough times, that you can you know, roll up your sleeves, pull up a chair, and sit down and talk to them. Um, and I think a lot of people don't look at that <clears throat> as far as leadership goes um, to where it, it can get messy, like you said, with people, right? But this having this pulse, having this idea of what's going on in your people's lives, not all the way to the nitty-gritty and the personal stuff, but overall getting to know your people so you can see when they're down, when they're uh, upset, when something's bothering them. For the most part, we keep a lot inside. We don't, you know, tell people everything, obviously. But I think leaders, those that have that special knack to see what something's going on and um, when they need to sit down with somebody or when they need to back off, I think that's a powerful point. Um, any thoughts on wrapping that up with Absolutely. With that quote? So welcome to the Leadership Podcast in regards <laughs> to your show. You're all about leadership. So over the last, like, honestly, two weeks, I've been asked, what is my leadership style? Mm. So I've mm. been reflecting on that. So actually, I'm going to ask you, what is mm. your leadership style? Uh, I think that there's a lot of different pieces with it. They're all moving pieces. Okay. Um, In general, how would you describe One would be an encourager, an encourager um, to where uh, even if I am somebody's boss, quote unquote, which I'm not, you know, by title or anything, um, I, I tend to encourage more than... Uh, demand and point fingers and blame. And, you know, some podcasts I've listened to recently, there's a lot of people that think just because I have this title, Scott brought it up with uh, the discussion before um, before your show, um, he had a, a young man uh, younger than him that was his manager at a place demanding respect, you know, saying it like that because of his title. And Scott kind of chuckled and said, <laughs> hey, buddy, you don't understand. And I listened to John Maxwell this morning. Quick uh, tip for him. Uh, it's not, um, it's got to be earned. It's not just granted. It's not um, expected just because of a title. And so I, I am more of an encourager, supporter, behind the scenes, not out there in front, up on stage, which I, which I could be someday. Um, so definitely an encourager, I think, would be something if I love uh, that. a label That's good. Uh, for me. How many podcasts do you listen to in general? I don't want to switch the topic, but you sure listen to Too a lot many. Of <laughs> and you know what? And I sent you a screenshot or something of one the other day, and you're like, dude, look at all the ones you haven't listened to. Exactly. I'm like, how does this guy find time literally to listen to all these podcasts? But I got a ton that uh, I, I recycle through, and I got to go back, you know, and I'm weeks later, and I get that little notice, hey, are you still interested in listening? Because <laughs> it's been a few weeks maybe that I haven't listened to some of them, but then I finally do it. And so there's a lot, and it, I find so much value in each of them. So to reference this point back, and thank you so much for sharing about the Mammon Podcast because honestly, they are good podcasts that you do listen to. What I think is very important, what you said in that last statement in particular, is that a leader that knows everything that kind of is happening with everybody that's working for him or her, I think is the most important thing. The pulse, knowing the pulse of your company, your organization. So when I heard that and I've been asked, you know, what kind of leadership do I have? I've been reflecting and trying to find like a particular phrase or something of that nature that kind of will reflect who I am. So kind of similar to you, I'm, I'm really kind of like a servant leader. Mm. So if yes. I'm putting in a leadership position, what I want to do is give so that I get reciprocation back. And what I, if, I, if there's an opportunity for me to try to take care of something or support something in a positive manner or 
you know, just basically assisting in any type of way, I'm going to try to do that. And when I role model that, hopefully other people will take notice of what I'm doing and try to emulate what I'm trying to do also. So being a servant leader and you give, you hopefully get that particular reciprocation back. So when someone has the pulse of a company, that's fantastic because I think a leader needs to do that. You need to quite be aware of everything that's happening in your organization. But in the meantime is when you have all that information, what are you doing with it? You know, because that's critical information to have because you're not not everyone's privy to that information, kind of like how you are in that particular position. So that's something about leadership that I've been thinking about specifically. But Mm. it takes strong leaders to help create an atmosphere of positivity because it's needed because it's easy to go on negative types of, you know, clicks or, you know, groups in an organization, you know. We called this adult drama, remember? Yeah. Yeah, adult drama basically is, uh, and I think I talked about this a little briefly, but I'll spring it up really quickly to end this. So in an organization, if you and I don't agree with what's happening in that organization, and you and I start you know, gossiping or mm. start bringing negativity mm. in there, and all of a sudden we bring someone else into our group, now we have a click of negativity talking yes. about our leader. Yes. So the problem is instead of one of us approaching our leader about this, we have now created a side group, this adult drama group that basically wants to sit here and just do nothing about it but but complain about it and not really have a good conversation with the person leading the organization. Mm. So it's not really effective. I mean, that's really like honestly how drama starts in general in, in whatever you decide to you know, do in life. So what I would advise you to do is, um, and I don't really give a lot of advice, honestly. It's more counseling than anything. But (laughs) when people are doing that type of thing, you see that, I challenge them to think about, like, how much action can really take place if you're sitting on the sideline just talking about it and not doing anything about it. Mm. Really nothing will take place. Absolutely. So it's going back to originally we talked about earlier how to create that positive mindset by taking one action step towards moving in a direction where you need to go in order to be better than you were the day before. Mm. Amen. The point you just brought up about um, gossiping and negativity. Sure. I've been drawn into that a couple times. Um, and it happens every so often, but boy, I always walk away from that feeling horrible. Just right. absolutely horrible. Like, oh, John, what are you doing? Right. You know, and I, I stomach, uh, the headache, everything. It's, it's just not in my being to do that. Right. So that's that's some problem. Well, I mean, that'd be disingenuous of who you are anyway, right? Because it, of the it's fact not my true self. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And that's another thing that you know you're a good leader when you're not doing something disingenuous of who you are. And yep. in general, that's the thing about life. And that's the thing that's most complicated about things that people do is the fact that they try to do things. You can do things outside your comfort zone, yes. But if it's disingenuous with what your values and your integrity is, then you're in trouble. Yeah. You know, so you got to be careful and cautious about that specifically. Amen. Man, what a great place to wrap that up, huh? Absolutely. That was. I was. Thank you so much for. Uh, again, I, a lot of times I'll come in here um, when we when Jeff and I have conversations, and I'll just throw something at him, and he's sitting here calm. <laughs> That's like got, all the time. Honestly. He's got his leg up, just sitting comfortably here, looking all dapper and, and cool and suave, and the only thing he's missing is a pipe and his uh, sunglasses <laughs> or something. But and you always just handle it so well. You just it's just easy flowing. You're not struggling at all. I just appreciate it so much. Well, this goes back to the conversation that you and I had. When I started this whole podcast, I'm honored to spend time with you. 
And the fact is that you think that I'm articulate enough to say some of these things blows <laughs> my are. mind, honestly. <laughs> but, I mean, all I'm doing is just really, uh, quite honestly, regurgitating or just restating a lot of things that I hear personally. And yes. I listen to, similar to you, and that's yes. why I asked you about this. I listen to a ton of podcasts. I do. And my classroom is my car, is my gym, is wherever I'm listening to a podcast. And when I hear something so just moving, it just really intrigues me. And it just really makes me never think about that aspect. And I'll, I'll be honest with you right now. Let me throw this out there. I have to plug this. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I just do. And I, so I listened to the latest Oprah Super Soul podcast. And she got a guy on there that was all about nature and finding love and harmony within nature. Mm. And he was talking about how, you know, the bee population is in jeopardy right now. Yes. And did you listen to this? Podcast? I did not listen to it. Okay, but I right, know so, that. Yeah. So the bee population right now is in jeopardy, and this is so off this podcast. But I mean, this is this is ridiculous. But I have to say this. And he said that if we don't correct this, we are in trouble because one third of our supply of food relies on those bees in regards to just food consumption. Yeah. And I'm like, holy smokes! One third of our food comes from bees, and you think about it, it really kind of does. And then he's also then talked about that he went this whole particular thing about mushrooms. And I'm like, what does mushrooms got to do with things? Mushrooms help create soil. So if you don't have good soil, you don't have good food. Mm. And I'm like, I would never have thought of this if I didn't listen to a, a podcast like this. Wow. And it just challenges my mind and makes me think outside the box. That's yes. what it is. But that's exactly why I listen to your show. And I've been rambling on it enough already. But, I mean, honestly, that's why I listen to your show because – you can take any particular topic and relate it back to the topic that we're having discussion with, depending on where your mind is set to go mm. and talk about these things. Oh, that's great to hear. Thank you for that, uh, Absolutely, that, that viewpoint. I really like for that. For sure. All right, you guys. Hey, we're going to wrap things up here. Uh, again, enjoyed my time here with Dr. Jeff Lipp. Uh, hopefully, you guys are finding some enjoyment here. Always look to share this with somebody you might think might get some value from it. Um, again, leave me a five-star value wherever you can. Uh, not for my ego, not for that, but it just helps other people get connected with uh, this podcast. And thank you so much, uh, everybody out there listening and, and leaving reviews. And I got to get caught up on a couple uh, shout outs for those coming up in the next podcast. But uh, find me over on Facebook, you guys, Coach to Expect Success. Leave me a message over there. Chime in on some of the discussions we get going uh, on Twitter at Coach to Success, on Instagram, Coach John Daly. And coach to expect that book list. I gotta get back to reading some books, Jeff. That's what's been missing in my <laughs> life. I gotta find some time for getting back in those books, man. All right, you guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. We'll talk again soon. See you.